When you dip a tea bag in hot water, flavor is released. The flavor depends on the selection of the leaves. Just so, behaviors under pressure is the flavor we release depending on what we carry in our proverbial tea bag. We've invited Alan Simons from the Anger and Stress Management Center of South Africa to be our studio guest and tell us more about his work. Welcome to Chat Sapphire, Alan. Welcome to you, T. And great to be with you and with the Sapphire listeners. Alan, I guess this is not an easy calling, and having some life experience is probably very helpful. Tell us how you arrived at what you do today. Sure, T. Um, yeah, most of my life I've been involved with some sort of conflict management and, and helping people. Uh, for seven years I was the chairman of a trade union in Bogantwini factory. Um, I then got promoted into training and industrial relations, uh, became an industrial relations and development manager in Newcastle, uh, returned back to Bogantwini on a promotion as the HR, regional HR manager for, for kind of fertilizer. Then I felt led to actually resign that job. Our pastor of our church resigned, and they were looking for a pastor. They looked everywhere. Eventually, they said, don't you think it's you? And I said, no, I don't think so. And anyway, having gone away, prayed about it. Um, We then went into the ministry. So I was pastor of Rehoboth Bible Church uh, for just on 20 years. And um, towards the end of that tenure, while I enjoyed it and there was no great conflict. It was all handled very well. Um, I just felt that there was a greater need outside of the church for people who had anger and stress issues. People who wouldn't go to church. They were either too ashamed, too sad, because of what happened with their predicament. So I went to Cape Town and studied under a man called Shelton Cartoon, and I went and studied anger and stress as a topic. And I came back and retired from the ministry in a, in a very happy way, in a sense, and uh, embarked upon this uh, about seven years ago. Now, anger is a loaded word, isn't it? Is it always a bad thing, though? No, not really. Uh, anger is an emotion. It's a God-given emotion. It's like it's like humor. It's like grief. It's like trauma. We have these emotions that we have, and anger is one of them. The problem with, with anger is when it gets out of control, we can have ordinary, everyday anger, issues that frustrate us, um, things that happen. So anger is, is normal. And, and, and I just mean to say that anger triggers can vary between people. In my dealing with people, uh, some person will say, oh, that really angers me. I can't say to them, wow, that's nothing. I can't minimize it because to them it's a big thing. I have, I have small angers and if, to me they're big ones, but actually somebody else might be different. So anger is, is different to different people, but unfortunately we, we are very much like, like pressure cookers. So what happens is the anger builds up, builds up, builds up. Little things um, uh, uh, might anger us, road rage, uh, cues, or whatever it might be. And then um, eventually this must explode. It must come out. So sadly, it, not only do we have the ordinary everyday angers, we have underlying angers, which I can maybe deal with later, but the, the other angers that are normal, eventually it, it's, we have to explode. And we don't do it at work because there's a consequence. So oftentimes we come home and do it on our, the ones we love. And then that causes a whole new set of, of uh, consequences. So I, I try to help people deal with the ordinary everyday anger, 
we're going to have cues. We're going to have stuff happening. But the underlying anger I deal with in, in a, another way. We also know that anger and stress, are, are, they say, is one of the greatest contributors towards death in the Western world. People are, are suffering from stress, from anger. And so, so these things do explode. If they don't explode, if I hold that anger in, it is, it is possible that I will start developing the ailments that, uh, because I'm holding this anger in. So I'll try and help people to let's explore that. Let's get it out. Is it worthwhile? Uh, a stock saying of mine, whoever angers you owns you. And then uh, move on from, from there to deal with the other parts. How do you help a person struggling with underlying anger issues? It's not easy because they very oft, it's very often personal things. And it's deep stuff. Sometimes it's stuff that they've even forgotten, they've hidden, and they've buried it. But it, it comes out in, in a different form. So somebody will say something to them like, that was a stupid thing to do. And they go ballistic. And they say, well, why did I go ballistic? It was a stupid thing to do. But it, it often relates back to an incident in their childhood or in their past where they were told they were stupid, you never amount to much. And that's just one example, but there are dozens of examples of people that have been maybe belittled or whatever, and this is underlying anger uh, that they have. And and also the key to dealing with folk uh, with these underlying issues is to do it on an, on an adult-to-adult basis. You know, we communicate on one of three levels, adult, parent, child. The adult-to-adult is normally the best way to communicate. And, and then child to child is a lower form of communication that generally leads to, doesn't lead to conflict or long lasting conflict. It's generally accepted that 66% of what we say, some experts might vary a percent or two on what we say is actually our body language. Uh, and that could mean uh, our contact. It could mean uh, looking out the window while somebody's talking. It could be, uh, Pacing towards the door, in other words, I'm tired of what I've heard now. The body is telling the person, I'm not really listening to you. Um, or the other alternative, it could be when the person is sitting intently listening, you can then see by the body language that they're taking in what, what, they've, what they've learned. So body language is important to the listener as well as to the person doing the talking. I have a 12-step program. And the client comes to me for generally the first session is just to offload. Let me know why they're there. They might come with their spouse, their partner, or they might come alone. And they just generally offload and I'll listen to what they do. But during those 12 steps, they get full notes for everything that I teach. And they get a certificate at the end of achievement that they have attended and they've been for, for the course. Some people come for four sessions. People that travel from far away, they come for the day, and then we do the four hours in one day. It's hectic, but we do it because they break in between and a bit of a gap. And um, as I said, they just now they get full notes for for everything I teach, and anything that comes up that needs to be uh, reinforced, I source the material and we keep in, in touch with them. It does take time because T, our, our brain is conditioned to habit. 75% of what we do is habit in our day. I don't have to tell my left leg to put the touch in. It does it by itself. So what happens with anger, it becomes a habit. This is how I react when he or she or that person or that car or that whatever. This is how I react. So now I give them in place of when I get annoyed by somebody, 
I've given them the step to say, this is what you do now in a case like this. And so it takes about probably about 30 days for the person to get this new habit. When I say whoever angers me, owns me, it's an absolute actual fact. If, you know, if I'm traveling on the road and a car cuts in front of me, I've got some choices. I can either get agitated and have high blood pressure and high sugar levels and all the rest of it, and that person walks away or rides away feeling nothing. The key when it comes to, to anger and a pressure cooker, the key is actually to deal with that underlying anger. And that's a difficult one because it's very personal. It um, can be painful. People reliving memories. I've had people crying. I've had people getting up, but they relive it. And the key to that is actually forgiveness. Now, I understand, and I've heard other people talk about, you, you will forgive and you will forget. You don't get amnesia. No, it doesn't give you amnesia. What does happen is that the memory gets less painful. I have a scar on my body that hurt me many, many years ago. I look at it now, it doesn't hurt me. It hurts me if I pick at it. So what happens is we uh, try and get people to to learn to forgive and to uh, not only forgive the person, but there are times a person needs to forgive themselves. They've done something and they felt, oh, I need to I need to forgive myself. And I give people tools as to how to let it go. Some people write letters to those that have offended them, telling them exactly how they felt. Uh, we then do a little exercise at my office to uh, destroy it, to never let it own us again. And they, they walk so much lighter because it's, it's off their shoulders now. And they actually let it go. It's actually quite profound. And especially when you are, in fact, angry with yourself and... Um... I think Absolutely. it's a lot for people to think about and, and take yeah, in. Yeah. So, Alan, yeah. this is a very niche aspect of helping people cope. Do you often get referrals from psychologists or schools or even the police? Yes, yes. I, I had met with this local magistrate who's now retired. Uh, I get referrals from the, from the police, get people that have got court orders against them for, for domestic violence. And I sort of say my heart goes out to, to gender-based violence. I'm, I'm really, really quite firm on that when I deal with people who have committed gender-based violence, that it's not acceptable to be violent to uh, a woman, even if it's words. Words can be just as painful as physical injury. There's an old saying that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. Words do harm. And so, yeah, I get quite a few referrals from the guy comes, person comes to the court order, and I go through the course with them, and I draw up a, a letter at the end to say that they have attended. I can't guarantee they change behaviour. Nobody can do that, and but I just tell what they've learnt from me, and if they apply it, they will be fine. Uh, schools have sent local schools, you know, the men's and Teddy uh, have sent. Some psychologists have sent. I might have mentioned it earlier. Churches, pastors. It had sent con congregation members. So, yeah, uh, I just find that um, as, as more and more people, they, they send people, parents send their children, it's just to help. Uh, also, people with, you know, with drug and alcohol abuse, unfortunately, the difficulty with that is oftentimes they've taken drugs or alcohol or substances to help cope. So the body's natural chemical reaction is to allow, to just sit back and allow that person to take those substances. So 
unfortunately, their emotional age doesn't mature as it should be because they've never really allowed the body to cope with the action. They've needed substance to help them. So sometimes I get clients who are well into their 40s, 50s, but behaving as though they're still in their early 20s, largely because of that. So I get quite a few people like that. Parents struggle even with some of their children that are older and are struggling to keep jobs in relationships, things like that. So there are quite a few that, that do refer. Let's talk a bit more about the children. Is there a difference in how you would approach children? And, you know, obviously it's a more sensitive area. Yeah, I, I said to you, from the beginning, I always tell parents, you've sent your child, that's great. And and what the child tells me is confidential. And unless it's, there's any criminality involved, then I, I legally need to inform them. But very often it's the parents <laughs> themselves that need coaching. So the child will come in and I'll go through things like illustrations and props and example a robot, the robot's green, it's, is it safe to go through? Yes, it's safe. If it's amber, an orangey color, what are you going to do? Now I've got to stop and think now before I go through. If it's red, I stop. If I go through what happens, I can have an accident. At the same time, you, you need to be able to be judging when it's okay and when it's not okay. And, and, then, and then to proceed. But I often find, and this is quite sad, is that a lot of children are impacted by the negativity in the family. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of negativity around. People are, even now with this COVID-19, people are concerned. They're watching television. They're saying things that are negative about the country, about politicians, about whoever. And, and some children are getting quite scared. I've had at least one you just didn't want to live any longer. Others don't want to stay in this country. And the young ones, only 12 years old, it's because they're getting fed a lot of negativity. So I try to encourage the parents to don't let this negativity into your home. You have a choice and rather switch it off, rather do something constructive. But um, a lot of that is the children hearing things in the home. It makes it seem like this country's going, going down the tubes. Now, uh, often get people telling me, this particular politician irritates me. And when he, when he or she comes on, I go ballistic and I say, well, um, have you met them? No, no, I never met them. Well, how do you know them? Oh, I watch them on TV. I so you put the TV on for somebody to annoy you. I mean, really, does it actually make sense? Yeah, oftentimes, that kind of thing rubs off on children. As well as we get, you know, things that include children, anger and frustration is sibling rivalry. You know, one child might be a bit more clever than the other or better sportsman. Parents might favor that person and all that kind of thing. Uh, Cyberbullying is, is very common today and it's, it's, it's quite sad because it um, becomes worldwide in a sense if it, if it could. The other thing that I think is, is important is that children are very influenced and, and I, I do a special session, 90-minute session on road rage. Some children, and I've got it, uh, statistics here, that children, some children are afraid, and even spouses, to get into the car with the driver who suffers from road rage. And the, the shouting that goes on, the happy picnic starts off and ends up horrific because the person has been shouting and carrying on. And children don't believe their parents. They know they should wear seatbelts, but they watch it. They don't. They know they should be doing things, but they, they, they're not doing it. So it's creating a, a lot of ang- anxiety amongst the children the way uh, they're, driving, they're driving the cars, not obeying, obeying the rules. 
The other thing, obviously, is melded families, where you get, you know, he's got her children, she's got her, uh, her children, and who disciplines whose children, and the one gets away with more than the other. The other one goes to the step towards a real biological parent on the weekend, and uh, gets gets favoured, and oh, those kind of things that come into it. So it's really just helping the child to get through things. Um, extreme cases, I've had these two girls who've cut themselves just just to take control. So it's uh, it's 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 a difficult thing, but with children, you are feel you have to involve the parents. They've got to be got to be part of the solution. Absolutely, it's yeah. it just seems that. Um we live in a in a world where life's not easy, but it certainly speaks to the fact that we have choices and we have to Absolutely. take a step back and and learn to listen to our loved ones and and not allow yeah. you know these things to to take control. Alan, yeah. thank you, yeah. thank you for sharing your expertise with us. Anger is obviously misunderstood. But it is good to know that help is at hand and it's in your capable hands. How can people okay. who need your services reach you? Okay, my, my, my uh, email address is alan, A-L-A-N, at angerstress, one word, A-N-G-E-R-S-T-R-E-S-S dot com, all lower casing. And my cell number is 83 2662 and my website page is www.angerstress.com and please if people phone me and it's engaged or I'm not answering please leave a message I will get back to you Thank you Alan that was Alan Simons from the Anger and Stress Management Centre of South Africa I think it's a relevant topic in the world that we live in today if you're struggling with this in your family um, we will also make sure that we put all the contact details on our website at um, chatsapphire.co.za. Alan, thank you. We wish you all the best. Take care. And, and thank you, T. Thank you for allowing me to share and to all your great listeners at uh, Chat Sapphire. Um, have a great rest of the week.